Hi everyone, and welcome to the 68th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys, welcome to another broadcast. broadcast. You guys didn't have to wait that long again. Yeah, you didn't have to wait that long. This broadcast is probably, in my opinion, is probably going to be one of the coolest broadcasts ever, because boy oh howdy, do we have something really cool. We have a surprise for you. Very, very big surprise, so... Um, if you don't know already, uh, we should have just released a special, exclusive interview that is Kingdom Hearts related. Uh, Cheryl, when was the last time that Kingdom Hearts Union had <laughs> an interview? Definitely not when I was around. I think Probably the last not one was even, like... not even when I had was around. Like, I started, I think... I've been doing this for almost four years, and I don't think yeah. I've ever had one. Final Fantasy Union, they always get the, they always get interviews, but yeah. this one. Well, because because I mean I mean I I mean I'm not you know saying the Final Fantasy you know voice actors aren't that great. They're fantastic. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. But you get you got to look at the, the voice actors for Kingdom Hearts. You know these yeah, these, <laughs> these are on a different scale than uh. It would be Final kind Fantasy. of hard to get you know like Hayden Panettiere, David <laughs> Gallagher, Jesse David McCarty. Gallagher, Haley jo- Haley Joel Osment. Hasn't he won an Oscar? <laughs> Yeah, so having a, having an Oscar winner at, on our uh, podcast would be like the amazing thing. A little ever. bit tougher, though. I would say uh, Final Fantasy Union. I think they're going to have a lot more trouble getting Troy Baker now because man, he is he's all over the place. He's 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 in that zone. He's he's most recognizable. VA Did now. you hear he's he, he's not even going to be uh, playing Kanji anymore for Persona Four? Like, no, I, I don't didn't. know if that's because. I don't know if that's because he's getting too big or if maybe it's a schedule. Could well, I hope it's just a schedule because I don't – yeah. hopefully it's just not like, you know, just because he's big. That would be like the dumbest excuse ever because no – I mean like look, I mean, look at Hayden Pantier. I mean I, yeah, she hasn't been the, around for the smaller titles, you know, because mainly due to her scheduling of other yeah. things. You know, it, that's the way I kind of look like it. Look at, at it. least with Hay- at least with Hayden Panettiere, it has definitely been schedule related because she was in, uh, she was definitely in Dream Drop Distance. So and uh, Birth by Sleep at the very end, she had like yeah. two lines, and she still made those yep, two lines. She came in for it, so that to me is enough proof that she's not, you know, another Billy Zane where. You know, he's or, in one game or, or and he's Brittany gone. Brittany Snow. I mean, I'm still wondering or where Brittany, Brittany Snow yeah, is. Yeah, Brittany Snow. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, needless to say, we have a very special interview. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more. It's very special. Very insane. Literally insane. I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be later in the show. So, anyway... For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com and Churro? KH2.co.uk Alright, so uh, our show today, we have three three segments. We first have a new segment, which shouldn't be too long. Uh, since we're just covering bits and bobs that were left over from E3. Um, and then we'll have our interview discussion where we discuss our most insane interview ever. And uh, finally, uh, we'll end it off with our burning question uh, where you guys answer what game, not Kingdom Hearts related, uh, that was shown at E3 are you most excited about? Uh, and in the way of announcements, uh, just as a reminder, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. 
Uh, currently, we're up to $131 an episode, so it's still going up. I think last I checked, it was like 15, uh, 15 backers so far. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Uh, for making this, you know, possible for us, you know, we hope to keep bringing you guys a podcast every two weeks. You know, this is a lot of fun, you know, sitting here with my buddy, Brandon and Sabby, you know, just, you know, just talking about the Kingdom Hearts stuff with you guys. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, as, as true alluded to, if we can get up to $500 an episode, uh, which we're, we're inching to every, every episode I, I go back and check, I, I see, and I see that we're going up. So that's, you know, a good sign. Every inch closer gets us to $500. Once we get to $500, we'll be releasing a Kingdom Hearts Union episode every two weeks. Final Fantasy Union will be releasing every two weeks. So, in effect, we'll have uh, a weekly thing going on. So that would be, you know, really exciting to have. Um, uh, Beyond that, just as a reminder, I don't know how much we'll talk about that particular game today, but Kingdom Hearts 3D spoilers are fair game. It is the last game before Kingdom Hearts 3, so... Uh, get playing it. It's going to be important. Really. We're not joking. If you haven't played it, you really need to play it. Like if you only play Kingdom Hearts 2, could you imagine only playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and then going on to Kingdom Hearts 3? No, I'm sure a lot of people are going to. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, that's the sad thing. A lot of people are going to be in that boat and I'm sorry. No more. That boat ain't going to float in my opinion. But anyway, moving on from that, uh, just, uh, Another announcement, just for clarification, uh, there's been a lot of changes with uh, the way uh, Gaming Union handles uh, forums and comments and all that stuff. So I just want to make it really clear, um, a clear way to respond to burning questions. We're going to look for probably a better way in future. But for now, what I'd like you guys to do, uh, when you respond to the burning question... Uh, if you could just respond to the episode release post on GamingUnion.net, that's going to be one place that I can look at and uh, find all your responses. There were some difficulties uh, with this show, but I, I did find uh, I did find some uh, responses, so uh, we'll get to those uh, in this show. But yeah, in future, if you could just respond to the burning question on the episode release post on GamingUnion.net, it'll say Kingdom Hearts Union 68. Some title. I don't know what Brian's going to title this episode, but that's that's where you want to put your response to the burning question. And uh, and as far as questions goes, any questions you want to ask, same thing. There is a questions thread on the GamingUnion.net uh, forum, so you can uh, ask them there. So uh, in the way of news, uh, just bringing everyone up to speed with some stuff that we uh, wouldn't have gotten on the last show uh, that came out of E3. Uh, first bit of news would be that in Kingdom Hearts 2.5 HD Remix, uh, the recoded uh, cinematic experience, you could call it, uh, will actually have animated battle scenes. This is Yay. unlike what they had in 3.5.8 over 2, which was so weird. They would come right up to a battle, the most important part, and then cut to ba- a still picture. Fade to black. And, and they'll, then... they'll describe it to you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come ridiculous. on. I would love to see, you know, Vector to the Heavens fight. Days, yeah, you know, that animated. and and on top of that, literally like right after that, it would have been the deep dive fight. Like, come on. They skipped out on the best one. And honestly, I haven't played much of Recoded, but I do know that, I don't know. I don't think that story's as epic as 358 over two days. So this this helps, but it doesn't, doesn't I mean, fix you never the know. They, they did say they were considering a uh, uh, next gen rem- remaster as well. So maybe with all this 
yeah. technology going forward, they can finally include these animated battle scenes for days. Hopefully one day I'll get my dream of being able to play Deep Dive as I remember it. And if I don't get it, I'll probably have to make it myself. <laughs> if that's the case, I'll be Sometimes very Sometimes that's your best option. Yeah, seriously. Uh, moving on from that, uh, slightly sadder news. Uh, Birth by Sleep will not have multiplayer and 2.5 HD. Wah, so, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Though, honestly, I'm not too surprised because just, just in general, um, uh, multiplayer is a hard thing to do. Uh, there's lots of different ways of doing multiplayer. Uh, you know, just in recent memory, if you just look at how multiplayer uh, launches have been, you know, with the Battlefield 4 fiasco, and, you know, if you remember SimCity, uh, how terrible that was to play. And it wasn't even really just multiplayer. It was also single player because it was always online. Doing anything online in video games can be challenging. And the Kingdom Hearts team really hasn't done that too much. Um, and the multiplayer system that was on the PSP would not translate over. That's not something they can just copy and paste. They would have to completely rewrite that. And they weren't really like the uh, new consoles. They weren't really like like. Your standard uh, multiplayer game with Wi-Fi connections and the yeah, lobby. Yeah, lo- local connections. Yeah, it was only local. So basically, for them to experiment, you know, with the you know Wi-Fi settings, you know, type of connections, multiplayer connections for a Kingdom Hearts game, you know, they would have to really do a good amount of research on it. But like Yasui said, their their efforts are going into Kingdom Hearts three. So you know, for exactly. me, you know, that's that's the bigger deal for me. You know, multiplayer can wait. Exactly. I mean, if they're really Really and will, willing to put multiplayer in a Kingdom Hearts game, I would rather have it on three. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're focusing on three. They do have online games. That's not to say Square Enix is totally oblivious to it. Obviously, they have you know Final Fantasy fourteen, and they had Final Fantasy eleven in the past. But multiplayer is not just this like it's not like adding a new level. It's not like adding a new enemy. This is like serious hardcore development. That would take away from Kingdom Hearts 3. So I'd much rather effort be put on that. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Tayasue, in passing, uh, in a few interviews, uh, mentioned that his personal favorite pick for a Disney World would be Frozen. So that's exciting. And he saw it with his oh. daughter, so that's the reason yeah. why he liked it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I'm totally with him. I think Frozen would be a great choice. Uh, also, as Toy Story. <laughs> Considering all the, all the fan stuff that I've been seeing on Tumblr... You know, yeah. a lot of these people have done a really fantastic job from music arrangements to mm-hmm. drawings to actual renders of Sora inside of the Frozen world. You know, I've seen it yep. all, and it seems like the fans already have, you know, this idea already of, of what it could be about anyways. So I'm really looking forward to it if it's in the game. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it would be a, a really good, uh, really good fit. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, they had a Cinderella world. So if they can do Cinderella, they can do Frozen. There's at least more action in Frozen than there is in Cinderella. So uh, moving on from there. Um, so Tayasua also responded to uh, fan disappointment over E3, and I thought it would be fitting just to uh, uh, read out what his uh, response was. Um, so when pl- when we were first planning out Kingdom Hearts 3, we wanted 1.5 and 2.5 to come out in a timely fashion so everyone would really get an understanding of the story. And so we really wanted to push 2.5. Making teasers and trailers really does require a lot of work, 
and we just wanted to get the development moving along quickly for uh, on Kingdom Hearts 3. So this year, we really focused on 2.5. You know, as now, they should. You know, as, yeah. as they really should. You know, I've seen a lot of people complain about the lack of Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 15, but it's like, you know, they got to worry about the games that are actually coming out mm-hmm. versus the games that exactly. are still in development. Yeah, and uh, so, some other things that he like, mentioned in that interview was that it, he says it's coming along great, but also mentioning, oh, yeah, the staff's researching a lot of cool stuff. That when someone says researching in reference to game development, that means they're still writing a lot of engine code, and that means they're still really early. So not surprising, but, you know, you'd hope within a year that there would be something more substantial. Considering that Kingdom Hearts 3 has gotten more than Final Fantasy fifteen has yeah. in the time span of a year. Yeah, yeah, that is... That is true. Well, to be fair, Final Fantasy XV has had more in-game footage, but Kingdom Hearts 3 had the most recent footage. So, you know, Final Fantasy XV, forget it. That thing went off. <laughs> that thing went off the deep end a long time ago. Who knows what happened to that? I'm my secret suspicion is it got uh, watchdogged, where they developed it on a PC that was really high end, and now they're downgrading it for PS4. That's my doom and gloom. Uh, prediction. That's your sad reality prediction. My sad reality prediction. I hope that's not the case. At least, okay, at least with Final Fantasy XV, they're not also porting it to uh, the previous generation. They're not porting it to PS3 and Xbox 360. Watch Dogs had that against it as well. So hopefully, hopefully it'll look as good as we saw before, if not better. So I think that pretty much wraps up the news. I wanted to get through that pretty quickly because this is seriously... Wow, what a great thing to talk about next, our interview discussion. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background. If you haven't already listened to the interview, I would highly suggest go listen to it now. It's about 30 minutes. It's really just insane. So back in 2003 and around 2004, we heard rumors that Kingdom Hearts was being developed for an animated series by Disney. Um Chiro, do you remember, like, way back then? I remember the rumors. I I only took them as rumors, so I never... Yeah. I it, it was so hard to believe back then because this is when, you know, people were waiting for a Kingdom Hearts 2 announcement. So everybody would be, you know, saying random things on forums exactly. and stuff about Kingdom Hearts top- that weren't really true. So hearing about yeah. this was like, you know, to me, I just passed it off as another rumor and didn't really put much thought into it. And on top of that, like, if you think back to just the, the state of the internet in general, back in 2003 and 2004, it was a very different place. Oh, you, yeah. It was what very, you, very... What you, I mean, right now, it's still kind of like, you know, what you read on the internet, you shouldn't always believe. But back then, there wasn't as much accountability as there is now. Today we have YouTube. People can post a video proving something exists. Today we have Twitter. You can go speak to the people that are involved that could confirm it, that might have knowledge of these things. Back then in 2003, 2004, the internet was a weird place. And at least for Kingdom Hearts rumors, like... It was still growing up. Kingdom Hearts 2 was just announced, but they they it was kind of like where we are with Kingdom Hearts 3 right now. They announced it, and then they didn't say that much. So to fill the void, we would hear all these crazy rumors. So this just seemed like another one of those. However, we can now confirm 10 years later that that animated series was being in developed. It was in development, for real. 
Um, and our interview was with a man by the name of Seth Kearsley, uh, who was a writer and director and who was in charge of that project uh, with Disney. Uh, just to give you guys some background on who Seth Kearsley is, um, he's basically been working in the animation industry since the mid-90s. Uh, some examples of some uh, animated uh, presentations that he's worked on in the past. Uh, one was uh, Mummies Alive, which was an animated series in like 1997. I, I saw some clips of it on YouTube. It kind of looked like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender style. It was pretty cool. Uh, he's also worked on a couple episodes of Family Guy. And most recently, he worked on the new uh, Looney Tunes series that was on uh, Cartoon Network uh, between 2012 and uh, just last year. Uh, And on top of that, he's also directed a full animated movie, uh, which was uh, Eight Crazy Nights, uh, which was an Adam Adam Sandler animated movie. So uh, definitely has a a really high pedigree of uh, a lot of cool projects under his belt and he was in charge of making a Kingdom Hearts animated series. Now, before we get uh, further into the discussion, what I want people to do if they uh, if they want to have a look at some of the uh, some of the information about it, uh, if you go to deviantart.com and then do a quick search for Kingdom Hearts Pilot Board, uh, you'll basically find uh, a storyboard with some select images from the actual pilot that. Uh, he was developing uh, for Disney. And you can see what the art style would have been like, what the story would have been like. Um, and this is basically how I found him. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, uh, actually just before I recorded the Final Fantasy Union uh, podcast last week, or two weeks ago, uh, I actually had just released my own Kingdom Hearts fan art. And I was posting it on DeviantArt, and on one of the groups that I was posting to, I found this pilot board. And when I read the description, it, like, seriously crazy flashbacks to the most obscure rumor ever. And I couldn't believe it was actually real. And I basically reached out to him, and he was uh, happy to uh, do an interview, and we got to talk to him uh, about this project. So if you want to know more about the project and more in detail, uh, go check out the interview it should be on gamingunion.net and uh apart from that it'll also be on itunes so just search for kingdom hearts on itunes look for the final fantasy union kingdom hearts union podcast it should be there should come out at the same time as the show so churro uh before we like really get into the discussion how does it feel to have such an obscure rumor as this be confirmed 10 years later (laughs) isn't that like it's crazy i mean to, I mean, like like I said, you know, nowadays, what I've seen on, you know, GameFAQs, where I, you know, got mm. my, you know, start, you know, I still see people asking about a Kingdom Hearts anime, or a Kingdom Hearts cartoon, mm. or a Kingdom Hearts movie, and to find you, and I remember seeing those same questions 10 years before, and it's like, seeing them now, it's just, and now to see this piece of news being actually real, it's just like, wow, you know, it's just, it, it amazes me, because it's like, you know, I'm all I'm all for you know putting more Kingdom Hearts stuff out there, kind of like the manga, you know, and all that, giving a you know another look at Kingdom Hearts from a different perspective than they just the games. It, it feels it feels good to finally know that it's actually was a real thing at, at one certain you know place at a certain time. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, and I just pulled up um, one of the uh, reports back from. November 2009-2004 on GameSpot.com. Uh, and let's see what this guy was saying. Uh, so 
selfishly, I like to watch a Kingdom Hearts cartoon. And basically, in this report, and you can you can do a search for it. If you search for Kingdom Hearts animated series Game Spy on Google, you will see this old report. And he actually makes specific reference to the fact that it was in set in Agrabah, that it was an animatic, and it had a slightly Western style, which sounds exactly like uh, the pilot and fits in perfectly with the um, the timeline as, as Seth uh, described it to me. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff. So based on how Seth described the show and how it was going to be, do you think you would have liked the Kingdom Hearts animated series, Cheryl? Uh, if it was released back then or is it released now? So let's go with back then. Back then, it would probably be weird because I think most people mm. would... I think I personally and probably a lot of people would probably expect it to follow the games and not have its yeah. own plot line. So I think it'll be a little weird, but once you know, you know, we see it more and more, then maybe then we can. I could probably you know get used to it, just like a just just like me reading the manga. You know, it, yeah. even though it follows the story, but it has its own little you know Easter eggs and you know side plots and all that to, to piece it all together. You know, I would if mm-hmm. if it did something like that, I wouldn't mind. But back then, I'd probably be like, "What is this?" You know? Yeah, I I say to be fair, uh, looking at the you know, at the storyboard, it, it's act, it actually does, it doesn't follow like the story, like point, plot point for plot point, but it feels like it follows the heart of the games more than like specific events. And I think that to me surprised me the most because when I originally heard about it way back then, I thought when I heard, oh, it's got a slightly, you know, Western art style that I instantly thought, oh no, this is going to be something terrible. This isn't going to follow the game at all. But Seth actually played through the entire game and Disney actually gave him a script beforehand that he would work off of. And he actually threw out that script because uh, it was written by some guy who apparently just writes pilots for a living. And he just wrote that one real quick. And he said it felt like more of a, an episode of Aladdin, the animated series, but Sora happened to be in it. But to Seth, who had actually played the game and found out what it was really about, he knew that this did not capture the heart of the game at all, and he That's needed to good. write it from scratch. I mean, I'm kind of glad he played the games. I mean, most yeah. people don't. I mean, when they take you know adaptations of one thing, usually video games, especially when they put yeah. it in the movies, usually they don't. The directors or the writers usually don't play the games. They just mm-hmm. make the movie based off it because it has these characters, and they try to make it you know popular by just because it has these characters in it. So it's it's kind of rare for exactly. somebody to write and direct a project that they have, you know, played the games, they, you know, studied it, you know, made sure everything goes the way it should. And like how you said, capture the heart, you know, the essence of what made Kingdom Hearts special. You know, I'm kind of glad he actually took the time to do all that, you know, just to, you know, and not use the script that was given to him because I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't watch something that's, you know, Aladdin, the, you know, animated series just featuring Sora. You know, it's yeah, more like that, that wouldn't have been so, good. Because like the whole point of Kingdom Hearts was to have Sora be a part of that universe, that world. You know, make him interact, yeah, and rather than just have him make a cameo and then leave. You know, I don't want exactly that. To and happen. on top of that, Sora was the main thing that he would point out was that Sora was the driving force of the story. It wasn't that Aladdin was the driving force. Sora and his story with Riku and Kyrie and his relationship with them—that was the driving force of the story. Yeah. And I, I think. Like thinking back on how, you know, when the timing of it all was, 
apparently Seth was working on this in 2002. So if you imagine that maybe whoever wrote the original one, they they might have even written it before the game came out. So it may have not been any fault of, of, of them that, you know, they just didn't have the game at all and they were working off of development art. But I'm glad that Seth, even back in 2002, had the foresight to go and actually play the game because, you know, speaking back to you know, how the world and the internet was back then, there's a lot less accountability. There weren't, I mean, there were message boards that would flame people and flame companies for what they do, but did the companies know what, that they were flaming them? Did, you know, did big news sites report on it? Absolutely not. Really. not. Yeah. So in this day and age, it would be absurd, you know, like any, I'm, I don't really watch Game of Thrones, but anytime you hear them deviating from the story, you always hear people like, oh my God, they left out this big part of the book. You know, there's people that are there to complain. Whereas, you know, the people back then were there to complain, but there was no one there to listen really. Yeah, nowadays they, they take account into listening what the audience wants. I mean, you know, coming from me, you know, I'm a big professional wrestling fan and, you know, when... Uh, storyline from there back in the earlier in the year didn't go as well the fans wanted to they voiced their Mm -hmm. displeasure not only at live events but also online so they had to like rewrite a whole script to allow you know one of the you know the one of the biggest stars to have actually win its championship on the biggest stage you know before it wasn't Mm -hmm. even planned out that way and the fans voiced their displeasure on social media, live events, and then they finally took that into consideration. Finally, had to rewrite that storyline. So, I mean, it show, definitely shows that the you know nowadays, you know, social media and all that has given people a voice, you know, to voice their opinions and a displeasure, and it helps you know companies you know see what the fans want and give them what they want nowadays, especially yeah. with gaming companies and all that. Yeah, definitely. And I just want to point out real quick, like two points that to me, when I saw them, instantly gave him so much nerd cred in this uh, project. I noticed that in one of the scenes where he has Heartless, he's got the little teardrop shape Heartless that only appears during the final battle with Ansem. He doesn't even have a Jiminy Journal entry. So that proves that he got to the final boss battle with Ansem. And on top of that, He's got Neo Shadows in it as well, which means he must have beaten the game and gotten the secret ending. That is pretty legit. It is legit because it just shows how well thought out he wanted this, you know, enemy to series to come to life. I mean, yeah, he, definitely. He just shows how dedicated he was, which you know, which nowadays you know I wouldn't mind seeing it that way because he kept it true to what Kingdom Hearts it was, you know, how Kingdom Hearts was straight down exactly. to the heartless. Yeah, I would say yeah. I would say the real heart of the matter that I un- that I got from this was that it wasn't going to be, you know, point plot point plot point the exact same story, but it felt like it was going to be true to the spirit of the game, which I think is okay. Um, but I think we need to ask this question. Um, so, do you think it would have been confusing to have a slightly different version of the Kingdom Hearts story? So early in the life of the Kingdom Hearts series, truthfully, yeah, because then people yeah. are gonna be asking, "What is which one's canon?" You know, exactly. I, you know, even even though the manga was released years after the games, you know, mm-hmm. uh, people still ask. I still find people asking, yeah. "Are the are the mangas canon?" You know, yeah, the, exactly. which the answer is no. You know, and the mangas aren't canon at all. They're just, you know, they follow the same plot line, but they just add little bits and pieces to add for humor. You know, exactly. and maybe extend a little story out, you know, for it. But 
in reality, the canons are uh, not the canons, but the manga are, are not canon at all to the main storyline exactly. of the series. So yeah, I yeah, I got to be honest. I don't. So the reasoning, the official reason why this uh, series was canceled, it wasn't because it wasn't uh, a good pilot. It actually they did show it to test audiences and. Uh, at the time, it tested the highest. It was going to be their best new show. But unfortunately, uh, due to their relationship with Square, they didn't want – once they found out that they were going to continue to make games uh, in the series, they decided to uh, hold back on it because they didn't want to offend Square Enix. They didn't want to ruin their relationship with them. And because they wanted to continue the series, they didn't want to confuse anything. And I would agree with that sentiment. I think it would have confused – uh, new fans to the series. That said, since we feel that it would have been confusing back then, do you think it would be so bad if that happened now? Probably not. I mean, like I said, it, the story of Kingdom Hearts is established now. You know, we have yeah, exactly. multiple games to cover. You know, the events before Sora. You know, mm-hmm. you know, in Kingdom Hearts one to its you know sequel afterwards. You know, and getting ready to the you know keep you know the. The final fight with you know Xehanort, Nort, you know it has an established yeah. story now, you know it's it's perfectly fine, you know like I said the, everybody loves the mangas, you know never nobody has a problem with all that, you know so I think mm-hmm. now an anime series would be nice to cover, you know the Kingdom Hearts story. Now they have more background on the characters and events. I think now would be exactly. a good time, you know I I think now would be a good time to, for it to finally come to life, you know if they yeah. ever have to I would decide say, on it. Yeah. At, at, Maybe like wait closer till Kingdom Hearts three is released. I think I think that would Kingdom be the Hearts best 3. because yeah, you know Kingdom Hearts three is a very you know big game. You know a lot of fans have been waiting for it. You know yeah. it's got a lot. You know Disney likes to go big on marketing. I mean mm-hmm. you saw what they did with Kingdom Hearts two. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be a nice marketing train for them to say, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out, so why don't you check out this new animated series we brought to you? You know, that would be a great marketing pitch for them just yeah. to, you know, say, you know, since Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out, well, let's let's watch the show and get yourself caught up on it, you know? Yeah. It would be nice and to I, I, see. Honestly, I think I think the thing that would have worried me the most, even even though this series was coming from a good place and it was going to be produced correct, or, or at least – correctly to the heart of what the original game was the thing i would be worried about the most would be that they were going to catch up in terms of the storyline of the game they would have completed that and then they would have still had to continue the series and the only real way you could do that is with filler and you know how that goes with anime nobody likes the filler and i think that would have ruined it and that could have possibly stepped on the toes of maybe kingdom hearts 2 maybe sora and his kingdom hearts 1 you know, storyline, maybe he would have gone to Notre Dame and that would have ruined the timeline in the future. Or maybe he goes to Beast's Castle. Like, the fact that the games hadn't gone that far out, if they deviated at all, they might have stepped on the toes of future games. So I think now would be better because there's so much content to work with. I don't think they would ever, you know, step on the toes of the Kingdom Hearts series again as long as they stay with the content that is available in the series. You know, we're talking like you know, almost eight games now of story to work with. There's so much there that I don't think they would, you know, be, and they can, they can also, you know, do, do stuff. What, you know, cause you know how to say there's fillers where, where it's non-canical mm-hmm. stuff, but then you, they can also use animated series to also help bridge gaps, you know, help extend yeah. the backstories, help, you know, they can do great stuff like that to, you know, more 
give these you know characters more of a yeah there, there's feeling. definitely yeah there's definitely filler that can that would make sense that would be plausible within the storyline um I would say the opposite of that. Uh, an example that comes to mind would be, uh, from what I remember, Roroni Kenshin, uh, for the most part, in the beginning of the series, the anime, followed the manga. And then after a while, they caught up with the manga and they had to write their own version of the ending. And, you know, it was completely different. Or if you've ever seen the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the World and mm-hmm. compare it to the storyline of the comics, it's actually very – it's kind of funny because the first – when they cover the th- first three comic books worth of content, it's like exactly, almost exactly the same as the comic. The reason is the movie was actually developed at that point. It, it was starting development at that point. So uh, they had all those comics to work with, but they didn't. He had it, the main comic writer, uh, Brian uh, Leo Melli. He hadn't finished the actual Scott Pilgrim yet. So he was basically handing him notes of what he was sort of planning on doing. And that's why the ending is so different from the movie. Yeah. Because, um, he didn't want to, cause the movie was going to be released. Uh, I think at the, like a couple it months released, after the, uh, yeah. the sex book came out. So yeah, exactly. he didn't want, you know, it to get leaked out ahead of time. So and what's actually funny is that on top of that, he actually made the comic book, follow the movie plot a little bit more because it was being developed at the same time he was writing the last books. So the actual final area, the reason it looks the same in the movie, even though the book hadn't been written, is because the comic book copied the movie that was in development. That's crazy. Yeah, because I was reading, I was watching some of the behind the scenes and yeah. uh, and and the the writer of the of the series actually enjoyed a lot of the things that they were bringing out, you know. So yeah, he exactly. actually took some of them and copied them. And you know that's kind of nice to see that type of stuff. Yeah. And you know you got other things like you know say look look at Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is not done yet, and the mm-hmm. TV shows you know steadily catching up to the books. Yeah. So it makes you kind of wonder what would happen if the TV show caught up to the book, even though there's two more books left of the you know Game of Thrones. You know what are they, what are they going to do then? Yeah, that you would know? be pretty pretty crazy to deal with, especially with the crazy rabid fans but you know i think that that sort of thing where you know like with scott pilgrim where they can both the adaptation and the source material played off each other i think that would only work in today's day and i I don't think square enix especially back then where communication was a lot more difficult just in general over the world you know you didn't have skype you didn't have crazy good internet and on top of that they were in another country i don't think that sort of thing would have happened i think they would have sort of worked sort of in their own silos and it would have grown different and I think it would have been weird. So I think I think now it would be okay, though. Uh, the next one I want to talk about would be, so if Kingdom Hearts was going to be made into an animated series, who should be in charge, Disney or Square? I think that's, that's a pretty a, tough... That's, that's a, tough. That's a tough one because they're both good at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, Disney really has, has not really been really taking Kingdom Hearts by the horns, you know, and mm-hmm. thrust it in the limelight only when there's a big game to be like Kingdom Hearts yep. 2. They did par- uh, promotion, you know, up the wazoo with it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they've totally ignored everything about it. I mean, like you said, with with me, the, with the people I've worked with at Square Enix, you know, I see them at cons and stuff like that. You know, they these guys are really passionate about the series. You know, they do a mm-hmm. lot for it with all the crazy events, you know, the Kingdom Hearts 3D event, you know, in New York to the, its own version of it in Japan. You know, 
I think truly believe that Square should handle the animated series because because uh, the only thing that Disney is really going to do is just you know you know do the, I would say Disney will probably just probably do the basic minimum and then do minor things to promote it whereas Square will put their hearts into it and then promote it as much as they can. I mean look at the manga. I mean they even though the manga comes out first in Japan, mm-hmm. you know they you know they do a lot for it. You know so it's. It clearly shows that Japan. I mean, Square Enix does more for this series than Disney has so far. Yeah, that's that's definitely been true uh, historically. Though I think that if Square was in charge of a of an animated series, I think they would not do an adaptation. I think they would do a new side story, which is why I personally kind of don't want them to do it because I don't want to muddy the water anymore with any more new information in the series. I don't think they would ever do an animated adaptation. The only time they've ever done a 2d anime. Well, that was actually Canon was that last order, uh, final fantasy seven anime that they did, which was half an adaptation. Cause it was a scene from final fantasy seven and the Mako reactor. But they, on top of that, they used it to bridge the gap between final fantasy seven and crisis core a little bit and try to get you into playing crisis core basically. Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, unless they would have to make another, you know, team to worry about the animation. I mean, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hear they do some things with the with the the anime adaptations that they own. You know, like Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah they do They're some like things on, on yeah. I mean, they they work as producers on those type of animes, but you know, like mm-hmm. like you said, it's nice to have someone who has things on the other side of the coin. Whereas Disney would, you know, Disney wouldn't wouldn't mind. You know, they would get the job done, no problem. But to me, my mm-hmm. worry is just how well would Disney market Kingdom Hearts? You know, we've all know in the past that Disney probably wouldn't, you know, would get it, you know, would do it, then just release it, and then put minor mm-hmm. commercials for it here and there, and then just leave it be, you know, let the fans figure it out on their own when it comes on, when it's, you know, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. On top of that, I think I think this series would have been good, uh, just because they did cho- they ch- they chose a really good guy that was go- that actually sat down and played the game, but I think going off of how he described how it was it was being made, it could have gone the other way because it could have just as easily been the other script that Disney presented where Sora, it it clearly the person who wrote it didn't play the game. So I would be more worried of Disney, though I think given the staff of people that work there, I think they would produce a better animated product. But I think it would be a, a bigger gamble because it could have... In the past, they almost made a bad version of that series. Well, we got to remember that they almost did the same thing with the game itself. I mean, it's nice to mm-hmm. see that the you know whoever they present these eyes, Disney present these ideas to. For mm-hmm. example, when they presented their version of Kingdom Hearts to to Nomura, Nomura just threw mm-hmm. it aside and be like, you know what? Here's my version. This is what I want to do. You know, yeah. after after some you know some time debating back and forth of what he can and can't do. Look what the product came out today. It's nice to see Seth do the same thing, throw it out, mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is what I want to do. This is my version of it. You know, it seems that, you know, yeah, Disney is really overprotective of their IPs. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to see people actually, you know, put their foot down and say, hey, you know, you know, this is this is how it's supposed to be. This is the, exactly. this is what I got it captured from it. So it's kind of nice to see that someone was able to take it, you know, and do their own variation of it rather than do what Disney just tells them to do. Exactly. What I think might be kind of cool is 
if they actually, for once, worked together and actually made it together. Because as far as, like, TV animation goes, Disney has the chops for that. And just animation in general, they have the chops for that. They're the pioneers of animation in, in general. And Square Enix has, you know, Kingdom Hearts on lock. They understand the story. They understand everything. They'll make sure that it's following in a way that would be, you know, serving to the series and not taking away from it. So I think if they work together, they might be able to sort something out. And on top of that, work together in what way? Like, what do you mean? Like, because I know that some Disney animators work with Square Enix Mm -hmm. when they develop the characters. But like, are you asking about like plot wise, you know, how the game is going to be made? I think that would, I, I think that would actually work okay, even if it was plot Wrote, written in the West. Because an example of a TV show that does that exact thing is the Avatar, The Last Airbender series, and Korra. They have writers in the West and they have animators in Korea. And they are really tightly knit. The guys from uh, Nickelodeon are always flying in. They're working with the animators in Korea, sending them footage. Some of the people from Korea, they have promoted them to the level of writing the story as well. So it's a real, like, completely mixed collaboration. You have Westerners working on art. You have uh, them also working on story. You have the Koreans working on art and story. It's just a big mixed yeah. melting pot, and it yeah. works really well, and it makes a great show. Because of stuff like – because uh, I remember, you know, when the first Kingdom Hearts game came out, I remember reading interviews mm-hmm. stating that, you know, the Square Enix, you know, animators uh, got help with the Disney ones, you know, and they worked together to, you know, bring these characters to life. But, you know, mm-hmm. every as what the recent interviews with Yusui of saying, you know, are saying that it, everything still comes all down to Nomura, you know, everything yeah, is Nomura. So basically, nothing can get through, nothing can get in or out without Nomura's approval. So that's for sure. it's kind of harder that way, you know, for them to work together when it's plot-wise, when it's all Nomura's story. I mean, exactly. like like you said, Square Enix got it locked. It's more like Nomura's got it locked. And so. honestly, my biggest reason for wanting Disney involved is because of Nomura, because I think if there's a little bit of Disney sanity poured into the mix, they might not make it as convoluted. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's really weird because it goes one of those back and forth things, just like how, yeah. you know, when Nomura first met with the Disney executives and told them how yeah. they wanted it, and then Nomura wanted his own thing back and forth, and they finally decided on something. You know, can you imagine them doing that every single time, you know, a game was released <laughs> yeah. or an animated series or something they want to do big? You know, so it's like, I mean, I, you know, it's. It's a big hassle, especially with two companies, two in, yep. two IPs, two ideas, you know. So it's like it's overall it just seems like a huge mess for everything. Yeah. I wonder how they do it with Korra. It's it's pretty crazy that they are able to do that. At least with Korra, I, I think it's mostly because that's the only thing they're doing. They're not yeah. making the game. Yeah, they're, they're just making the show. Yeah, I mean, because that's why the, the people who created Korra – you know, you know, are allowing them to use it. You know, like you said, Disney mm-hmm. is, you know, it's very tight with their IPs. So they have to have, you know, like I think one of Yusui's interviews, uh, I think it was from RPG site or something, mm-hmm. that um, they asked about how they go about bringing in the worlds from Disney in that Square Enix Japan works with Disney Japan. 
So they, mm-hmm. you know, they have, they, he, Yasui mentions that they have a really close relationship with each other and that's how they're able to work so freely together. You know, can you imagine, um, Square Enix Japan trying to work with Disney, you know, in the U.S., you know, all the time, yeah. you know, Disney in the U.S. probably wouldn't allow so much things. That's why I think they prefer with working with the representatives of Disney Japan. Yeah, it's def it's definitely this particular series. Now that we're talking about it, I'm not surprised it hasn't come out for all those reasons because there's just so much, too too many too many chefs in the kitchen. It's just two big egos, too much. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of surprising that the game series has gone on this long. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Hulk <laughs> Hogan like and the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> something you know? like that. And I think the one last thing we should address is what would you want a Kingdom Hearts animated series to be like if it was made today. So who who do you want in charge? What art style do you want? Do you want it 2D? Do you want it 3D? Do you want it to be exactly like the game? Do you want it to be slightly different? What do you want? Uh, I don't... I mean, I think 3D would be nice. I mean, because mm-hmm. that's the way of the world is today. You know, everything's mm-hmm. all 3D now. Mm-hmm. But though, then again, you know, I love... I mean... <laughs> Because when I when I look at the art style of like say Korra, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful art, you know. Yeah. When I and it's like I would love to see Kingdom Hearts represented in that type of way, you know. I would love mm-hmm. to see Kingdom Hearts with that type of beautiful art because you know you have Disney and Square Enix, you know, both have great art departments. You know, they, you know, it's, you know, I would love to see that. As far as who's in charge, I mean, I don't know really much about you know directors and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. to be in charge of it you know to be honest i really don't know what to really answer in that department um okay whoever gives you know the best input i would say yeah definitely. i really don't know yeah i would say from my perspective i would say i want 2d even though seth was pretty clear he wanted uh i asked him in the interview how he would have wanted to do it if he could do it again uh with today's technology he said he wanted to do it 3D, but I actually prefer his original plan, uh, which was 2D. And uh, he said that even though the style looks Western in the uh, storyboard, the reason it looks that way is because he was drawing it. And uh, the reason he was drawing it beca- was because in his mind, that's what an anime director would do, is that the animator, the anime director will take the storyboard and they will do the entire storyboard. They don't pass it off to someone else the director of the episode does the entire storyboard themselves. So that's why he did it that way. So he did it in his own style, but he said that uh, he would intend to do it in a more anime style. And if that was the case, he would reach out to either Japanese or Korean studio to do it. And back then it would have been 2d. So, and also if you look at his previous series that he did before uh, doing this job, which was mummies alive, that series is basically Avatar The Last Airbender style. Like, if you look... It surprised me that it looked that way, but that's because it was animated in Korean that way. So he had experience doing that kind of show. He was going to do it that way. Man, could you imagine if you had Avatar The Last Airbender style Kingdom Hearts? And it Dude, that been... would be amazing. It would just be so <laughs> colorful. It would be so... Yeah. This would be so, you know, vibrant. It would be just, like, so... You know, you have the that that color then you have the mix of disney then you have the mix of square you know then you have you know the it would be it would be like the perfect blend of everything if it was if if it, if it was the way you described it especially with you yeah. know avatar and Korra style you know which is why i truly enjoy so much 
for me personally, I do really love uh, 3D animation, and I think over the years it's gotten a lot more like 2D animation where there's a lot of life in it. But for me personally, I still love 2D animation. That's that's where my personal passion is, is in the line of the artist and how much life there still is in it. And there's just so much beauty in it, and there's so much energy. When you watch a Korra fight scene, there is just so much raw energy and you can feel it and that's because they focus so much on the art and they focus so much on the line and making sure that in every punch in every air bending or water bending or whatever they're doing they're doing the most action-packed version of it and it's just you have so much more control when you're drawing 2d with 3d you're fighting the model you're fighting the rig and the way the rig works and you're trying to get the shapes you want when you draw it you draw it exactly how you want it so to me i think that 2d animation is the closest we can get to what the artist was imagining because they're drawing it exactly as they see it they're not trying to form a 3d model into the shape as close as they can kind of get it that's that's sort of what i'm getting at yeah, I mean, but like I said, it sucks that, you know, 2D's, you know, really gone away. It's dying, yeah. It's Because everybody dead. wants, you know, I mean, first Disney shut down their 2D studios, you know, yep. now it's, everything's just focused on 3D, you know, it's as much as we, I mean, that's why I enjoy shows like Korra, because they still sh- stick with, you know, what we, what we saw when we were younger, you know. Exactly. And it still looks just as beautiful, if not even better than what 3D has ever given us, you know. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm not knocking 3D sh- you know, oh, yeah, stuff yeah. like Three, Toy great. Story or anything Pixar and Disney or DreamWorks have done. But, you know, you know, we're old school, so we like that old school stuff. Yeah, true. And I got to say, if, if you're looking for anything that's really cool, 2D animation that was actually recent, go look on YouTube and search for something called Duet. Uh, it, basically, look for Duet and then type in Glenn Keane. Glenn Keane is the... Uh, animator that was in charge of animated animating Ariel in uh, Little Mermaid. He animated Beast from Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin from Aladdin. He animated Tarzan. He was the director, uh, well, for the most of the time, he was the director of Tangled, and then he went to be just mostly the art director of Tangled. He, he just recently did uh, an animation for uh, the Google I.O. event, uh, and that 2D animation was done by him, all him. There's no... Uh, you know, other animators, you know, stealing his thunder and it looks really cool. So if you want to look for anything cool 2d, that's something to look at. So, uh, that pretty much wraps up our interview discussion. Again, please listen to, uh, the interview. This was an amazing opportunity. And again, how crazy is it that in a rumor from 10 years ago finally gets confirmed? Yeah. It's, you know, now, um, I mean, now those questions that I see everywhere around the community can be, put the rest that how um an animation could become a reality mm-hmm. in the future if if it's you know an open possibility between disney and square yeah. enix yeah it's also like recently it's made me second guess anytime i, I see any rumor because i'm like oh well i mean i guess that could be real i mean the kingdom hearts animated series rumor was a real well, thing. it really depends on what they're <laughs> really depends on what they're talking about yeah yeah true but i don't know it, it, it's made me second guess my uh my skepticism a little bit some of the time so all right so now we're going to go on into our burning question uh this uh next burning uh this burning question response comes from nico gonzalez and uh he says the following uh and the uh question by the way would have been um, what what game from E3 were you most excited for uh, besides anything related to uh, 
you know, Square Enix, Kingdom Hearts, or Final Fantasy. And he responded, even though not much was shown, uh, The Legend of Zelda Wii U uh, was, yeah, his most exciting one. Uh, the aspect of an open-world Zelda game boggles my mind. Uh, now, here's an interesting question, though. What if the open-world aspect were brought to the Kingdom Hearts saga? Say something happens in Kingdom Hearts 3 when... Uh, I'll just summarize this. Basically, all the barriers are broken and all the Disney worlds get merged into one big world. Uh, we've seen it happen in Final Fantasy games where you have an open world. Uh, what makes kingdom hearts so different from final fantasy is that uh each disney world is uh separate um from each other yet aids the overall plot uh imagine roaming an open field and then a big boss uh like a heartless from say agraba uh was following you and then attacks you uh having an open world kingdom hearts game would be an interesting and bold reset button for the next saga. What do you think, Shiro? Open worlds, Kingdom Hearts. Man, um, it uh, it's a nice thought, but like it would it pretty much go back on everything about how the world's supposed to be kept secret in the first place. Yeah, you know, I would. I mean, I wouldn't mind it if, if it was a plot point to where something happens, then the merged the worlds merge and you know together. But yeah, if this was the I, overall. Yeah, at least the way he was describing it is that this would happen after Kingdom Hearts 3. So this would be a new saga altogether, not not related to the previous saga. So this would be like the next story. It would probably have to be something had to be done there, you know, like, you know, but like, to be honest, like the whole world, you know, it probably, it probably won't even happen in the first place because the world's just mm-hmm. be, you know, kept apart in the first place. I mean, but speaking on what the question's asking, I totally would think would be awesome going from one you know, from one world until the next and having a big giant heartless follow you, you know, to continue a yeah. battle from before, you know, it would be kind of a nice change of pace of scenery for one fight. Um, I think at the very least, I would love it if they would just connect the rooms that make up the worlds that they already have. So I don't have to go to a loading screen every time I walk through a door or go through a hallway, you know, just <laughs> make it one world. Kind of like how easy. Fallout is, you know, how Fallout has yeah. one giant map or Skyrim has one giant map and it only have a loading screen when you enter in and out of a like a house or a cave or something. Or like uh, a one giant place. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that if, you know, because you know how they made Dream Drop Distance, they made each section of the world bigger. Yeah, they made them a lot bigger. You know, can you imagine think, making that maximum just, size yeah. and the next-gen consoles making, like, a specific area? Just connect area. them. Yeah. I don't, mind, I don't mind if I have to fly gummy ships between worlds. I just want that one world to be whole. And even if they don't make the map any bigger, if, they're ju- if they just connect the pieces they already have together... Yeah, I would say, be okay with that. say if a world has like six or seven sections, but they're all connected without a loading screen in between each zone. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That, I would love that because it makes everything seem seem so seamless, you know. And on top of that, honestly, it's really not that complicated to do because, like, think about the size of the sections in Kingdom Hearts and compare it to games that have been released. You know, Grand Theft Auto, for God's sakes, that's fifty square miles. <laughs> yeah it's, it's you know technology has done. changed a lot you know but it's just it's up to square enix to see what they can do with you know all yeah. this technology to put into it a game it's honestly not that hard these days i, I don't want to get into too much technical stuff but even back basically what they would have to do is what they were doing back in the 2d era where literally 
well, in the 2D era, it's a little bit more drastic, but literally when you're playing a game like Pokemon or Zelda, what you see on screen is what is loaded for the most part. So as you're walking, the tiles that make up the 2D floor get deleted and they add in the tiles that are coming up ahead as you're walking. So if you imagine like X-Men, like the first X-Men movie when Magneto was walking across, uh, he was like walking in midair and then like this metal would come up underneath him to form a walkway. That's basically Pokemon. The entire world forms under Red's feet around him. And that's also kind of how Grand Theft Auto if works. Go, where... If you want to go older than that, the original yeah. Zelda for the NES was like yep. that too. Zelda Zelda does that too, yeah. Also, Mario does that too. So as, as you're walking, what you see on screen is basically all that has been loaded. In Grand Theft Auto, they do something similar where... Only stuff within like a few hundred feet are the full quality model. And then moving further from that, they have a slightly lower quality model. And then further from that, they have like a really low quality model. That's why if you drive too fast in a Grand Theft Auto game, you get pop in because it's you, you drove faster than it could load in that scene. Uh, there are better ways of handling that. If you want to look up some cool ways of making that merging. And if you want to look at something interesting, technical, look up something called tessellation. Uh, that's something that DirectX 11 hardware does, where it basically automatically takes a low quality model or takes a high quality model and then merges it down to low quality and can also do that uh, the other way around. So you can dynamically make things more detailed and less detailed as you go further away from them. So pretty interesting stuff. It's all out there. They can do it. They are competent. I just wish they would. Anyway, so that I think that's I think that pretty much wraps it up and yeah I, I think i think it's safe to say we're both excited for legend of zelda wii u that looked yeah pretty much effing eff amazing that was so amazing so um the burning question for next show uh is related to the interview that uh we had with seth and we're gonna ask you guys what would you like a kingdom hearts animated series to be like would you want it to be 2d would you want it to be 3d do you want it to be like a brand new story do you want it to be a side story? Do you want it to be an adaptation of the canon? Do you want it to be an adaptation that doesn't necessarily follow the canon? What do you want? We want to hear about it, and we'll talk about it on next show. And just as a reminder, uh, when you're responding to the burning question, you want to be responding to the episode released post on GamingUnion.net. So, uh, yeah, that pretty much wrap things up for our amazing episode again uh please listen to the uh the interview should also be on itunes it's about a half hour so i hope you guys enjoy it um uh for this episode we have our in our music segment an amazing cover of sanctuary um if you guys remember a few might have been like six months ago we had uh a cover of simple and clean from gates of ivory uh, they're like a uh, pretty awesome rock band, and they have uh, this really amazing female uh, vocal lead. She's so good, and she does a cover of Sanctuary with her band, and you guys are really going to love it. This is seriously uh, a really special one. I was so excited to see that they had finally released this. So uh, as far as the next Kingdom Hearts Union goes, we're going to have our next show on the 5th of August. And just as a reminder, you guys can subscribe to the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one. Number one. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or, Jero? KH2.co.uk. 
And just remember, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And, uh, yeah, anything that you put on there, just as a reminder, supports both us and Final Fantasy Union. So anything you put towards that helps everybody uh, in the uh, podcast uh, network. So that's exciting. So, Churro, it's finally that time. That time again. Yeah. We were having so much fun. This broadcast was amazing. So much fun. Yeah, definitely. A very, very special broadcast. I can't believe, how are we going to top this? How are we going to get another crazy interview and confirm a rumor from 10 years ago? I don't know. We can try our best. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's in this world, from what I've gone through in my experience in this, you know, anything can happen, you know. If I can meet, yeah. you know, Taiyasui twice, Utada Hikaru, and be like five feet away from Tetsuya Nomura, you know, yeah. it's crazy. You know, anything can happen in this world. Yeah, and uh, I just want to put this out to the people listening to us. If if you if this is your first episode of Kingdom Hearts Union, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is because this interview might make news. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll I'll send it to a lot of companies and see if they want to pick up on this as a news source. So if this is your first episode of Kingdom Hearts Union, please let us know. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter at khunion. You know, just tweet at us and say, "Hey, this is my first show, yay!" or something like that. Just so just so we know who we're reaching it would be really exciting so uh yeah i think it's time we actually say our goodbyes Cheryl. <laughs> all right um bye guys we'll catch you on the flip side catch you on the flip side so i'm brandon saying goodbye this has been a tweaksmusic.com and kingdomheartsunion.com production oh.